important personal news about me. Are you ready? Two months ago, uh, almost exactly to the day, just before Christmas, I became, for the first time in my adult life, debt-free. For 25 years, I have owed money on credit cards and other in unsecured loans. I have borrowed and tried really hard to pay it back. I've been on courses, I have read books, I have done budgets, I've done everything. People would help me, people would give me good advice, people would lend me money, give me money. I would say thank you very much and promise to change and then I would just borrow more. And I just kept doing it and doing it for ages. I was really, really stuck. I don't know why. I don't know where it went. I haven't got fancy clothes. I haven't even got a car. I've never had a drug habit. You'd be pleased to hear. <laughs> I've never even bought a lottery ticket. I don't know. It's just something in my life that really had a hold on me. And I felt completely stuck. I owed thousands and thousands of pounds for years. But now I don't. I am completely free. And let me tell you, freedom is wonderful. For the last few weeks here at Riverside, we've been thinking about some of the freedom that God has for us. We've been doing a series which we've called Life Beyond, and we've looked at some of the things in our lives that drag us down and make us feel stuck. Habits and feelings and attitudes and behaviors that can be with us for years and years. We get used to them. We identify with them. We say, that's just what I'm like. I can't help it. This is me. This is the way I am. They've almost become our friends. We sort of can't really imagine life without them. Do you remember in the last few weeks we've talked about life beyond despair? We've talked about life beyond envy. We've talked about life beyond shame. Some of these things that many of us live with and don't maybe even think about in every minute of every day, but they're always sort of there. And they always make us feel just a bit less free than we could. But God has more for you. God has more for you. Some of us have felt inspired in the last few weeks or challenged or moved. For some, thoughts and memories have come to mind of things that have happened, feelings we've had, places we've been, people and situations that we found ourselves with a long time ago or fairly recently. Frustrations, uh, bitterness, worry, anxieties and fears. And it's completely understandable if by now in these conversations, some of us are getting a bit cross, a bit cross with God bit cross with ourselves, bit cross with people around us or the situations, and we feel a bit stuck. Why would God let us be this way? Why would he let us carry this for so long? Why would he let us get stuck here? Why would God allow that? 
There's a story in the Bible about a man called Job, and he was a good man who loved God and his family, and he was kind to people he'd done well in life, and everything in his life was going well. He was really prospering. And his story is in the Bible as a kind of cosmic argument between good and evil, between God and the devil, as they see between them what happens in somebody's life when bad things happen to good people. And all of the bad things happen to Job. Many of us this morning, I know this because I know you and you're my friends, uh, many of us have been bereaved recently. There's a lot of people here that have had loss in the last few months. My mum died six months ago, and I know lots of other people here have lost parents, close friends, loved ones, family members, and grief is immensely sad. Death is the only inevitability in life, but it doesn't make it any easier when it happens. It hurts. I don't really like it. Job had that in spades. His children died, his grown-up children. He lost all of his property. He became ill. All of those big, scary, bad things that we thank God for protecting us from day by day, all of them happened to him at the same time. And he, we find in the book of Job a conversation that Job has with his friends and that Job has with God. And Job gets to the point where he says, why was I even born? How could you let this happen to me? He has conversations with people that he's known for a long time. And we have a phrase that you might hear, particularly some older people sometimes use this phrase, called Job's comforters. I don't know if you've ever heard that. So that's where you've got somebody in your life who does care about you and is trying to help you, but really everything they say basically just makes you feel worse. And Job had some of those friends. That's where the phrase comes from. So he has these lifelong friends. He has people who've known him all of his life who are trying to help, but they just drag him down. This morning we're going to think a little bit about that and think about what does it feel like when we're in those situations where we realize that something has been accumulating for a long time, where we feel like something is just too big to cope with, where we wish it wasn't happening and we feel cross with God. We're looking this morning at life beyond bitterness. And I, for me, I was incredibly bitter for a long time about my debt. I had caused it, I took responsibility for it, I didn't blame somebody else for spending the money, but I um, struggled to understand why I behaved like that when in other parts of my life I was very well able to manage lots of hard things, do difficult things. There are lots of things that might face some people that don't face me. I'm very, very fortunate. Not shy, confidence is not a problem, I can do well at some things, but money, why? Why would that be so hard for me? That's not fair. Why did you make me like this, Lord? Why didn't you send someone to fix it? I have lots of friends who are married to people who are brilliant with money. Why didn't that happen for me? Why didn't I find someone to balance me out with that? We can become very bitter about some of these things that have been with us for a long time. And the first thing that I want us to remember this morning is that God is excited about you. 
There's so much in the Bible that speaks to this, and it makes me think of, you know, when you're at a family party, and um, you're with people, your, your closest family, and um, some of them you maybe haven't seen for a long time, and so, hi, 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 and it's all this, oh, it's so nice to see you going on. And then particularly when a child comes in the room that you haven't seen for ages, and you just can't help it, you feel yourself completely light up. <laughs> And you're like, hi! And uh, you say, it's so lovely to see you. And you maybe do a little dance because you're so excited. You're like, hooray, hooray, hooray! In the book of Zephaniah, God behaves a bit like that. Let's take a look at Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. He rejoices over you with singing, as though you're the child that's just come into the room, and he's dancing with excitement to see you. He's really been looking forward to this moment when you meet with him. He is so excited to see you. Do you do that in your family? Little dances when you see a child at a family party? Is that just me? Uh, we're in a ve- I'm in a very non-demonstrative family, and even we do that. Come on, we all do that for a child, surely. <laughs> and in the book of Job, we see Job responding among all of this pain and anguish. We see Job recognizing that God is sovereign and God is good. And Job says, blessed be the name of the Lord. What helps us with bitterness is knowing who God is, knowing that God loves us, knowing that God is for us, knowing that God has good things to come for us, knowing that God is excited about us, knowing that God believes in us, knowing that God knows us. And we press into the good things of God to help us to make sense of and to give some context and perspective to the hard things that are happening, knowing that God is for us. Elsewhere in the Bible, there's a bloke called Jacob, and he's in a situation where he's really wrestling, and the Bible describes it as like he's wrestling with an angel of the Lord, a messenger of God, and as though he's actually having a physical fight. And um, he says, I will not let go until you bless me. In some situations that are immensely hard, where we feel like it's a fight and a struggle, don't let go until God blesses you, because God has blessing for you. God has hope for you. God has healing for you. God has peace for you. God has um, flourishing and fullness and good things to come for you. God is excited about you. The second thing I want us to remember this morning when we think about the hard things in our lives is that God is not punishing you. A while ago, in this very room, on a Sunday morning, in that little break time that we have between the worship, the sung worship time, and then when somebody like me gets up to speak, you know, we just had that break, we took the offering, and then there's a bit of time to chat. I was at the back of the room getting a drink of water, and a lady came up to me, and she said, will you pray for me? I said, yes, sure. And she said, oh, well, you know, what happened was, a long time ago, I had an abortion. And since then, uh, I've had a child who has special needs. And this child that she had, their life was really very different to other children their age. And she says, "Um, I think God is punishing me. 
So as you know, when we pray for people here, especially on a Sunday morning and something like this, we just kind of briefly hear what the person's bringing and we don't get into a big chat about it. We don't give them lots of advice. Uh, there are other times to talk about some of those things. So we just say, well, let's take that to God together. But I'm sorry, not sorry. On this day, I broke that rule. And I said, no, God is not punishing you. He's not. Let's thank God together that he's not punishing you. Let's bring this to God together. There's no person in your life who is a punishment to you from God. Your child is not a punishment. God is not punishing you. That is not what's happening. When hard things happen in life, God is there and he understands and he's with you, but he hasn't sent it to hurt you. He is not punishing you. We know that because in the book of Romans chapter 8, we read that, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we have received the invitation that God sends to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You see, what happened was that when Jesus was on the cross and he died, he took for us all of the punishment. He stood in the place for us so that we would not need to receive that punishment. God is not punishing you because Jesus has already taken it. And when Jesus rose from the dead a few days later, he was declaring victory over punishment, over guilt, over shame, over fear, over death, over hell, over sin. Death could not even hold Jesus because he is God and the power of the Holy Spirit was in him that raised Christ from the dead. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead is the law of the Spirit that we see here. It's alive and well in you and me. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. God is not punishing you. That is already done. Jesus has taken it. The situation that you are in today, the thoughts that you have been holding for years, the ways that you find yourselves responding to situations over and over again, that is not a punishment from God. God is excited about you and God has more from you and God is not punishing you. And if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, that is the offer that God is making to you this very morning that you can know the freedom and the forgiveness from all of this stuff and know that there is no punishment for you because God has made sure through Jesus, death and resurrection, that that is gone for good. Is anybody with me? Great. It's a big thing to think about. Some of us have been through very hard things or are facing something right now. And to be told that God is not punishing us feels like actually a bit of a shock because we've let ourselves go there a bit. 
or we've, under, we've maybe not quite said it to ourselves in those words, but like I did with money, we've allowed ourselves to think that, does God really love me if I'm in this situation again? Why hasn't he helped me already? I've asked him a million times. Where is he? God has healing for you if that's where you are today. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, this could be the very morning that you receive the invitation that God extends to you into his presence, into his family, into a future that is better than the past. Job had a set of friends who had known him for a very long time who came with words that were supposed to comfort him but didn't help him at all. What are your Job's comforters? They may not be people. In fact, they're probably not. I'm thinking of some of those things that we hear in our minds over and over again that come back to us when bad things happen. Our sort of default thinking that has been with us for a very long time. Maybe you're the kind of person that when something bad happens, you think this is my fault. If I'd done this differently, or if I'd said that, or if I hadn't said that, or it's my fault, everything's my fault, and you take all the responsibility, and it's always about you. Maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you think it's not my fault, it's everybody else's fault. Everything just happens to me, and it's not my fault at all, and all these other people keep getting it wrong. Why do I surround myself with the wrong people? Everything's just awful. Or you might have something completely different. And these thoughts and feelings are often, we're so used to them, we don't even really notice them. They've come from usually very early in our lives. It's just the way that, that we respond to things when we're very young children. Um, even if we don't go through immense trauma, we start, start to learn to figure things out in our own way. We start to interpret things. And some of the ways that we respond when we're a child are the way that we continue to respond as adults. And um, we, God knows all about that. God knows how we are made. God knows who we're with and how we're brought up. And he recognizes in us some of those thoughts and feelings, and he wants to reach into our situation, and he offers us healing from that. One of the things that really, really helps if you start to notice yourself going back over those sorts of patterns is to find a way to name it, just to say it out loud. The Bible is full of the power of speaking things out loud. It tells us that even as the world came into being because God said. God didn't have to say. God could have just done. God's God. God can do anything God wants in whatever way God wants to do it. But God chose to speak the world into being. Because by naming the truth, the truth becomes present and clear and apparent and visible. And we name things so that we can see them and understand them and deal with them. Then right at the other end of the Bible, we're told that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. That's the death and resurrection of Jesus that we talked about. And the word of our testimony. That when we speak the truth of who God is and what God has done, we defeat the bad things around us. There is power in speaking out. Speaking out the stuff we're struggling with, speaking out the things that God has done. I tell you the story about my money this morning, mostly because I'm just really excited. <laughs> but because God has helped me through an immensely difficult thing that was with me for years and years and years. 
and I am in a completely different stage of my life now than I was even two months ago, two years ago, 20 years ago. And I want to tell you, because by telling you, we defeat the expectation that life is always going to be like this. And by telling you, I say, this is not my life anymore. And by telling you, I am naming that I am living differently now. I am in a new day. And God calls us all into a new day every day. We are a new creation. The old things have gone. The new has come. And when we name them, there is immense power. I was, maybe three years ago, really struggling with waking up in the night with feelings of utter torment and not being able to get back to sleep for hours. And the thing that was in my mind in those moments was the money thing. And it wasn't just, how are you ever going to do it, or you're so rubbish. It was, what if people at church knew this about you? They all think that you're so great. Actually, most people that know me clearly don't. But um, <laughs> you just stand there and say all this stuff, and nobody knows that you've got this awful thing. Now, that wasn't even true, because loads of people here already knew about that. So I knew that it wasn't true, but when you're tired and in the middle of the night and there's nobody else there and you're thinking all these ridiculous things, it's very, very hard to talk back to those bad thoughts, isn't it? So one day I was up here and I just used it for about 10 seconds. I mentioned it as an example of something I struggle with. You might be struggling with something else. I struggle with money. I have debts. Da -da 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 -da. Named it. Never again did I have those thoughts. When we name it, we take control, we name the power, we say that God is in control of this situation, God is sovereign in my life. And by naming it, we allow the truth to be seen, and it has no power over us anymore. I'm not inviting you onto the stage to say your thing. <laughs> But there will be times and places and people in your small group or with people that you pray with where it becomes appropriate for you to say, I just want to mention this thing. It might take one sentence. It might take an hour's chat. Just depends what it is and how you want to do it. But I promise you that by naming it out loud, you will be doing something really powerful. And God can move when we do that. In this season... Many of us are finding that thoughts and memories have come back to us from a long time ago. That as we're giving God space in our lives to tackle some of this stuff, we're remembering things. There was a lady I was praying with a few weeks ago and she said, um, I've just started remembering not horrible things, but just memories from when I was a little girl. And um, she says, that's a long time ago now, but just had these memories of the way that we used to do things in my home and my parents and don't really know what that's about. She wasn't naming it as a problem, she's just mentioning it. And um, she happened to be in a different season of her life. Her life had changed a lot recently where she had a bit more time and she was spending much more time in prayer, time with God. And it was as though God was saying, I'm excited to see you. Now let's start this conversation about some things that you've been carrying for years and years and years. And God is generous and God is gentle and God is gracious and he invites us into those conversations where we go back over some of the things that have been with us for a very long time. God is so excited about you. Every single one of you, he's so excited. He's doing his little dance. 
that we're all here right now. He's so excited. He's not punishing you. Even if the thing feels that you're thinking about happened a long time ago and you deeply regret it, nothing that's happened since then is a punishment from God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, then this could be the day that you find that freedom and that healing and that forgiveness. And sometimes we need to name the things, the thoughts that come to us, those things that we've been carrying for a long time. If we don't do it, not only do we miss out in one part of our lives, we find that it, those things taint lots of other parts of our lives as well, and they affect other people. In the book of Hebrews, we're encouraged to see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That when God blesses one of us, he blesses all of us. That my overcoming debt is a victory that we can all share in. We can all thank God together for that. In the same way that me naming the thing that was a problem, there was an opportunity for us all to stand together in prayer and believe God that he was doing something in me. When we hold on to the things that make us bitter, that's not good news for the people around us either. Let's recognize that we are together in God's family. We are together in God's church. We're together in God's presence. We want the best for each other. We're excited to see each other. We encourage each other. And let's, for the benefit of ourselves, our families, our church, our community, allow God to give more to us today. Shall we stand together? Let's just stand before the Lord and welcome the Holy Spirit together. Why don't you reach out where you are? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your excitement and your joy that we are here, that we are yours, that we have received your invitation. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you never realized how excited God is to see you. Why don't you just receive his joy this morning? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We speak joy over you today. <laughs>